Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 120 of Beyond Synth. I am Andy Last. I host the show where we talk to cool people who make cool music. But for the next few weeks, my apartment is still under construction, which means it's difficult for me to record interviews right now. But that doesn't mean we're not having some fun conversation because all episode today, we are keeping it 80s with Marco Merritt. And uh, we have a fun chat. I should point out, we do have an episode sponsor today, and it is Oceanside 85. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning it here is because when we were recording the show, I completely forgot to do the Patreon until Marco reminded me, and that wasn't until later in the program. And that's when I do the sponsorship thing. So I just want to point out that Oceanside 85 is today's sponsor and you can check out her album at oceanside85.bandcamp.com and we're going to play her track later in the show when I do the sponsorship proper I just wanted you guys to know that because it happens later on and I would also like to do a special shout out to awesome Beyond Synth listener Angelo Taylor Angelo Angelo Taylor is a cool guy he makes cool things out of metal and lights Uh, I think you can actually hear the construction going on outside my house they had a big saw blade and they're cutting bricks today and like cinder blocks and stuff I didn't even realize what was going on until I forgot that my windows were open and all of a sudden the inside of my apartment looked like something out of Indiana Jones because there was all this fine dust in the in the room and the light was shining in from the window so there was all these like really pronounced light beams in my apartment not good because my PlayStation and all my electronics literally sit like under this window <laughs> so i'm going to get a lot of dust in my shit and it's probably going to fuck them up Oh, that's probably not, that's not good at all, actually. I've got to get one of them dust canister things. Anyways, uh, thank you. Uh, Angelo sent me a very nice donation, almost the the super donation of the beast. As you know, you can uh, support the show by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. People who donate 666 are the people I refer to who donate the number of the beast. And uh, Angelo sent a nice little gift to the show of 6666. Is it really a a beast donation, though, if it's four sixes? I'm not sure about that one. Anyways, thanks a lot, Angelo. He's a cool guy. Uh, You should check out what he does, man. He makes cool things out of metal, like I said. Yeah, he makes really neat stuff, and he also made me a cool Beyond Synth sign. If you go to the YouTube page, you can check out... Because it's cool. It lights up and stuff. Anyways, uh, let's listen to a song, and then we will keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. So, what do we got to listen to? Here's a track by Rocket Max from the Rocket Max album, and this track is called Drive Till Dawn. 
And that was Drive Till Dawn by Rocket Max. And uh, yeah, it's a cool song. And now let's go to a full episode of Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick. Marco And we're keeping it 80s today, but we're keeping it 80s all show with Marco Merrick straight from Australia. Hey, everyone. Hello, Andy. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I had, a, I had a pretty intense workout this morning. You know me. I, uh, I'm really getting into it. So, uh, no, I feel good. Good. So how long are these workouts? They're like an hour? This one I went a little bit further. Yeah, about an hour. They're pretty intense. And uh, it's, it's like a boot camp thingy. But kind of like that. And then I did like a... I'm trying to get my fitness up. So I did uh, the beep test afterwards as well, which I was already knackered. Uh, it's like a shuttle run slash beep test. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's a pretty commonly used test for endurance and fitness for like... A whole number of things. Like, I think it's pretty international. You know, like if you're applying for a job at uh, the police, for example, or mm. army or anything like that, that's how they test you. So, I'm getting old, Andy. I'm getting old. I want to get, I want to, you know, like you start thinking. I sit in front of the computer all the fucking time. I watch shit all the time. And I do a bit of weight training. But that's really not, uh, that's not cardio. That's not pushing yourself. So, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Cause I mean, there's definitely lots of jobs too. Like, I know uh, one time when I was like uh, applying to work at, um, at the, uh, the local fry shack and then, uh, uh, the guy made me like run a marathon at the back and then climb like a rope wall. I was like, what does this have to do with, you know, selling fries? And then he's like, uh, ah, and he just fucking threw bacon grease on me. Turns out he was just like some crazy guy. What the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> My God, can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be really shitty. <laughs> Like, you go to apply for a job and then someone makes you fucking run some obstacle course and throws bacon grease at you? That'd be a... Ah, oh, don't worry about it. You haven't got the job, mate, after all that. Yeah, when you're, like, dying of, yeah. of exhaustion. <laughs> I just said that, but I, I realized I did work in a fry shack for, like, two weeks one summer. It was at the beach, and I remember I fucked up my jaw. I slept the wrong way, and that was the first oh. time in my life I got, like, locked jaw. Like, I just... I slept oh, funny geez. on my face. And then for, like, three days, I couldn't open my mouth properly. And I remember just trying to eat hot dogs because I worked at the Fry Shack. So I would, you know, eat the food that they made there. And they had this big deep-fried fucking hot dog. And and then I threw my back out. Jesus, Andy. Because I don't stretch, eh? So, yeah. And I really should. I think about once a month, I will fuck my neck up. Oh, and maybe once every three months, my back gets fucked up. And it's never anything good. Like, it's never a cool story. It's always... Never anything good. It, well, you know, at least if you're like, hey, man, I yeah. fucking fell off a horse. You know, people understand that you hurt your back. It's always just, I reach down to pick up a case of pop and I bent the wrong way. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's always when it's something, like, ridiculous. Like, I, I generally don't get back injuries. I've been very lucky I haven't had any serious injuries. But mine, like, I've, I've done my neck, like, maybe two or three times. And it's always, like, when I'm driving and I quickly turn to mm. look left or something. And it'll be like, oh, man, my neck. And it's like, not even lifting anything. It's just so stupid. Yeah, mine is always to do with 
pillows. pillows. Like I'll just be sleeping on a bad pillow and then I wake up and I fucked my neck up because I just maybe I was pointing in one direction for too long. Yeah. Or something. Like it's never cool. I wake up and the second I realize it when I turn my head and go, ah, well, there goes the next fucking two weeks. Cause like I just know like it's always this really slow process of being able to smoothly turn my neck again. And uh, it's really annoying. And the same with the fucking back thing. Sure, it's not from, you know, putting a belt around your neck, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry, oh, could guys. Be. Yeah, that's the thing, because once I do, like, uh, the old rope trick, I call it, where I uh, <laughs> stand on a chair and put a, oh, put a fucking Jesus. bungee cord around my neck. <laughs> it's never worth it, man. That's the point. It's never worth it. Until it is. I know. I'm going to stop talking about it now. I'm thinking about trying. No, I don't want to <laughs> Well, listen, man. We've all had good time, and today we're just getting started, so I'm not going to talk like we're wrapping up. Right. Today's a special day because I'm a big fan of, you know, like the Planet Earth series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these kind of nature shows and stuff. And I thought we would focus today and talk about a very majestic animal that, that I like to refer to as the white tiger. And I want to talk today all about white tiger uh, because there's all sorts of different types. And I was thinking, man, we could just uh, spend the whole show going through the different variations. Because it's really interesting, you know, like there's some that people talk about, you know, as if they exist. Mm. But uh, but they actually don't like. There's no scientific evidence that proves they're there. There's people talk about them like they are, like the the white Siberian tiger, mm. and uh, there's all sorts of different white tigers out there. And we're gonna talk all about mm. them, and it's gonna be a very exciting show. Mm. But I thought in the meantime we'd start playing some music. So I think today, since you're gonna be here all show. We'll bounce back and forth. We'll do like a Marco pick, and then I'll play one of my songs, and, Ooh, and we'll go exciting. back and forth. And I just thought, you know, we'd start the show off right. and play some songs. I don't know. Like I'm saying, like... Okay. <laughs> Seeing as we're talking about White Tigers, why don't we... Uh, okay, I think it might be perfect to play some Kallax. Uh, he's got a great song. I don't know if you've heard it, Andy, called 3AM. Uh, it's a very good track, and uh, I don't know if you've played it before or even heard it, but uh, it's probably my favorite... Kallax track. Very beautiful stuff. Oh, sweet. Well, let's listen to that right now. This is Kallax with the track 3 AM.
And that was 3 a.m. by Calyx. That's Marco's first pick of the week. I'm not going to announce my picks of the week because I don't do that, but it's a very exciting show today. So I want you to know, I don't know if you know this, but the white Bengal tiger hmm. is distinctive due to the color of its fur. Did you know that? No. See, because the white fur is caused by a lack of the pigment phenophiomelanin, which is found in Bengal tigers with orange color fur. Oh, I see. So the actual, Mm. like, the white Bengal tigers, they still have the black stripes on the side. Yeah, that's right. But essentially, instead of being orange... Where they would normally be orange, they're white. I don't know. Does that count as being like a fully albino? I was about to ask: Is there albino? Is there albino tigers? There must be, huh? What about? Maybe that's what the white tiger is. I wonder then what the difference is. I mean, like, I wonder if like the skin underneath their fur is like white as well, or if it's literally just like gray hair. I'm reading about it now. I mean, like, they exist in a few <sighs> countries, but a lot of you know they're in captivity. Uh, Cactivity, I was just about to say. Good old cactivity. <laughs> uh, I think I've got some images here, Andy. I'm Googling too. There is actually some white tigers with no stripes. I'm not kidding. I can send you the link. Now, is that real? I think it's real. Here we go. We're, we're, uh, yeah, I'm seeing here now something stripeless white tigers Oof. and golden tabby tiger. So that's a, an additional genetic condition can remove most of the striping of a white tiger, making the animal almost pure white. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've been catching up on movies. Yeah, what do you mean? What, you want to get back to that later? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about white tigers on the thing. It's just really important that people know how much we love white tigers. Mm. Uh, so yes, that's right. The, They're beautiful. I was getting caught up because there's a lot of movies I didn't see. I saw, okay, Kong Skull Island, Ooh. Alien Covenant, yeah. Train Spotting 2. Nice. That was funny. Two more. There was... Um, Anything 80s, by the way? Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> 2. There's one more movie, though. My brain's going to get mad at me if I... Uh, and Get Out. That movie, Get Out. Uh, yeah, I've seen most of those, yep. So, we'll do a little quick-fire review. <laughs> Alien Covenant. Shit. Uh, I didn't think it was shit. Oh, it was shit. I thought it was better than Prometheus. Really? But I don't think it was good great mm-hmm. i thought it was it was weird to me spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen alien covenant but mm. i was a little confused at the end if the twist again warning spoilers you know there's this twist at the end where the clone was or where the robot or we're fucking uh, david okay well, God, it's not even a twist no i know so that's the thing <laughs> was it was it meant to be a twist because it was so obvious that I was like, mm. certainly this isn't meant to be a twist, is it? Because when a clone for no reason, or I keep calling him a clone, but you know, like, there's two androids and the one has long hair, yeah. the other one has short hair, and the next scene, the one cuts his hair to look exactly like the other one, I'm like, well, they're gonna switch yeah. then. I mean, that's... That's why he's cutting his hair. Exactly what you... Like, yeah. it was so it was so obvious. Yeah. And then they fight, and then you don't see the outcome of the fight. So I was like, okay, there's no way they want us to think that this is a surprise, right? I mean, it's very, very clear yeah. that he's switched him with the other one. And, dude, the shower scene at the end was the <laughs> dumbest... F- like, here's my criteria, right? When I watched Prometheus, I booed a lot. Like, I yelled boo at the screen, which is something I don't normally do. Yeah, it was shit. Like, I was just at my house with... But my dad is a theater screen. I think I watched it with my brother. Maybe my dad. Yeah. 
And um, I booed. Like, <laughs> there was all these moments in Prometheus that made me just audibly yell out, boo! Like, and we all know what they are by now. Like, we've all seen Prometheus. So this movie, I didn't find myself booing, but the shower scene was a fucking huge boo. Because I was like, what are you doing? Like, everyone is dead. There's no fucking way two people are going to go and have a sexy shower after everyone is dead. Especially since some of those murders, like, we saw, like, there's blood still on the fucking place. You know, they fought this crazy alien creature, and they're just like, oh, we're going to... So, that to me was so... That was so terrible. All of a sudden, the movie became like some cheap slasher film. And they did it at the end of the movie. I mean, at least if you're going to do some cheap death like that, make them the first ones to go. But you don't pull that trick at the end. Like, those were the last two people to die. Like, what a weird placement of a horrible scene. That left a bad taste in my mouth. I was just like, boo! Like, are you kidding me? So that sucked. But a lot of the things that people were complaining about that were sort of things that also were, were annoying about Prometheus didn't annoy me as much in this film because the crew wasn't experts and scientists. You know, see, in the first movie... that's the difference. It's still a bunch of fucking idiots. In the first movie, when they take off their helmets, you're just like, okay, you guys are supposed to be the experts. Like, why are they doing that? But in this movie, they clearly made a point to show that the new guy in charge doesn't know what he's doing. He made a mistake. The chick tells him he's making a mistake, and they still land there anyways. So the characters were making bad decisions, but... I bought that they were stressed out and didn't know the proper protocols. Yeah, but the, the whole that whole five-minute scene where the guy's... It looks like... I mean, he's got, like, the worst disease ever, you know. He makes fucking malaria look like child's play, you know. And he's clearly... I mean, his eyes are almost going to pop out. Oh, we'll just bring him on board. Oh, yeah, no worries. So just... You know, and then it's just this one disaster after another. And then she ends up shooting and... Blo- I mean, it's just... That whole scene after that, I was like... Man, I can't even watch this anymore. Like, it's just—it's just ridiculous. I yes, you're—you're you're not wrong. Like, I mean, I totally understand that perspective. And they change everything. They change everything. It's like what now? Just the whole. The way the alien—I mean, it's just completely—they've just fucked it. Anyway, I, I prefer to think that movie is was never even created. That's how much I hate it. But that's just me. I'm not fond of those being the prequel, especially since like every prequel alien movie, it's like they're setting up. Oh, this is the planet that they go to later. Here's a derelict spaceship and all this shit. Yeah. Prometheus could have been really cool if. It wasn't a fake out. Like if they actually that was the same ship from the other movie, but when it was just like, why didn't they just do that? I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think Ridley Scott is just getting old. He's got to move on and let somebody else take over. I mean, I, I don't know. That's what I think. Like because the last two, I just I, a lot of people don't like the direction it's gone in. I mean, look, I'm looking at it now, and it, it's somehow Alien Comedy got seventy percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert even gave it four out of four. I don't know how that's even possible because he's usually pretty good and he's usually pretty critical. So people obviously liked it. I don't know. Well, there's no way. There's no. Well, Roger Ebert's dead. So, like, how the hell did he review that film? Is he dead? Fucking right, he's dead. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, how the fuck? What is it? It's same as Roger Ebert. Hang on, let me just read this. Unless it's, it's, unless it's a site that's Roger Ebert. Hold on. Let me play a song and then we'll resolve this issue. <laughs> Maybe you should cut that out, Andy. <laughs> You've never cut it out. As soon as I say that, fuck Andy, 
Jesus Christ, dude. Hey, listen, we're going to listen to a song, and now we have a mystery to solve. All right, here's a track by Dandroid. Uh, this is a track called Nexus Prime. That was Nexus Prime by Dandroid. And that's a cool track. And Marco has just told me that Roger Ebert reviewed a film from Beyond the Grave. So let's fucking... Oh, you're right. 2013, he died. I just Googled it. Ah, well, it's, it must be his site. Yeah, there you go. I feel like an idiot now. But obviously, uh, he must have a... RogerEbert.com I don't know Why do they just say that On the fucking thing Apparently it's uh, <laughs> Some random person So uh, You're right The Roger Ebert Would never give it Four out of four What a joke of a sight Look It's not a great movie Like it doesn't justify Its existence All I'm saying is I liked it better Than Prometheus Just cause Prometheus Just had so many problems For me And this one Had less So I know it's like Sort of damning With faint praise But it's like It just was 
not as annoying to me as the weird, like all the convoluted shit that happened in the other film. Yeah. And it really bugged me too. I think also Prometheus was a bigger disappointment. It's almost like the the Star Wars prequels, you know? Yeah. When you went to go see Phantom Menace, there was hope that like, holy shit, a new Star Wars film. And then when it was so shitty, it numbed me a bit for the sequels because then it was just like... Oh, when the second one came out, there was still hope that, hey, maybe this one will be better. You had this newfound, like, oh, I mean, Star Wars movies can be bad. Like, <laughs> that sucks. You know, it, it completely changes your perspective. So when Prometheus, when, remember when that, the trailer came out, it was like, this is going to be the best yeah. science fiction film ever. I and know, it was just this I fucking... Know clunky disappointment so maybe that's I think expectations are a lot I think people didn't expect so much with Covenant maybe that's why people liked it maybe that's why you didn't mind it so much I mean Prometheus everybody had such high expectations like you said the trailer I mean the movie looked great it it was special effects it it, it was outstanding you know I cannot fault it for any of that I love the look of it Mm -hmm. I even like the feel of it it's just the plot points and the some of the acting and just stupid mistakes stupid fucking mistakes from so-called experts you know like they get lost how do they get lost in the craft no it's just like what no it's dumb (laughs) it's fucking it's a silly film look i haven't liked a ridley scott movie since legend i think that's the last film that i like really like of his jesus that is a long time ago well hold on here i'm gonna go to his imdb because i'm I know people <laughs> like I know people really love Gladiator, but I didn't I didn't love Gladiator. Gladiator was a great movie, but I've rewatched it. You know how some movies don't age that well? I, yeah. I, I don't know, it doesn't age as well as it, it some of it's a bit cringeworthy, a little bit. I don't know, it's a bit cheesy. Well, it's, it's not like it's not a bad movie. It just didn't resonate with me the same way it seemed to with other people. Like I, I got why people liked it, mm. but it I don't know, like, I just didn't love it as much as other people did. What about The Martian? I haven't seen The Martian. You haven't? No. So maybe, okay, maybe I'll watch that. Okay, so here we go. So let's go here. We got, blah, 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 blah. Okay, <laughs> Duelist Alien. Okay, Alien is great. Blade Runner is great. Uh, Legend, I really like, but it's obviously, like, flawed, but I mean, I like it. Yeah. Black Rain, I haven't seen in a while. Black Rain is good. I can't remember. I think I like Black Rain. Thelma and Louise. You know what? He's not even as good as I thought he was. I might be in the minority, but I liked Hannibal. I liked Hannibal too. Um, I thought Hannibal was a cool film. So, okay, we got Hannibal. See, I didn't like American Gangster as much as everybody else did either. I wanted to. I didn't like that much either. I didn't either. I thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, like, I love those epic crime movies. You know, like, Heat and Scarface, Godfather. Like, I like epic crime films. So I am always want to like them. You know, it was, it was praised. And then I was just like, ah, I just... It's kind of bland. Like, I just didn't get into it, really. Fair enough. So I'll watch The Martian, because I know people really like that. But if I don't like The Martian, then honestly, I think the last film I liked of his would be Hannibal, and that was 2001. And we're in the year 2017. Martian was decent. Martian was decent. It's not, like, great, but uh, it's just another... It's kind of like a castaway. Well, that's... Well, I won't say anything then. It's just another castaway movie, basically. Which means, yeah, yeah. you know, it's all right, but it's like it's, it's not that exciting when it's just basically one person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Know. No, I know what you mean. 
Hey, you want to play me a song? Is it me next? Or you, yeah, it is me next. All right. All right, it's me. <laughs> <My pick. laughs> this is cool. I like having uh, this extended time on the show. This is great. I'm really relishing in this. All right. Computronic brought out an awesome album the other week. Like, I really do like this one. Uh, it's a very uh, true to the 80s kind of album. It's called Even the Score, and it's available at Time Slave Recordings. It's highly recommended. Track I want to play off that one. Uh, you haven't played anything off this yet, Andy, by the way? I don't think I have. Okay, all right. I don't care if I have, by the way. I know. <laughs> I know you're I like, just... You, like, check with me. The only thing, because I don't play a lot of music on this show, like, when I compare it to what you used to do on Synthetic Sunday, where you would do, like, a 10-hour show and then play, like, 100 songs. I didn't do 10-hour shows. Fuck, you even exaggerate. Didn't you do, like, an 8-hour show one day? I think I did the record was 8.5, maybe. I don't fuck it. I don't, who cares? Who's counting? Me. This song. That- <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I'm not overcompensating for anything. Let me tell you, that's been brought up before. The track I want to play off the album, my favourite, is Even the Score. What does that even mean? Uh, that you would you you would make a very long show because your dick was short? No, that's not what... Where did you come up with that? Oh, Jesus, Andy. I'm just trying to play a song here, okay? <laughs> even the Score... By the way, that's not true. Even the Score featuring Becca Star. Wait, is this a Computronic? Yes, Computronic, Even the Score featuring Becca Star. Okay, this is Even the Score by Computronic featuring Becca Star. Hey Rick, where are you going? We are officially on summer break. Sorry guys, Zoom needs me at work today. The new games are coming in. Who works the last day of school? Guys, the beach isn't going anywhere. Catch you guys later. All right, man. We'll catch you later. That guy's nuts. Watch me play. I am the master. Better yet, I am the best you see. My reactions getting faster. Gonna play the shroud harder than me. I'm only getting better with time. Watch me rehearse my
And that was Computronic with the track Even the Score featuring Becca Starr. And that's Marco's second pick of the week. Ooh, uh, maybe I should stop saying that because it's going to get really weird as we keep going. It's funny though, we're doing shows, you kind of, uh, like even when I was doing Synthetic Sundays, you kind of realize stuff that you say that you don't you didn't realize you say because you, mm. you know you're editing what you're saying and then you go shit I gotta stop saying that or fuck do I you know have I been saying that all my life or you know like I don't know it's funny I, I notice shit like that about myself the thing that I do that I have to edit the show the most like when I'm editing my own voice is I repeat words like fucking Max Headroom. What do you mean? Like when I talk, you don't notice it really because when you're in the spur of the moment conversational, you don't notice, but I will repeat words. So I'll go like, hey man, you know that, uh, you know that, uh, that thing you do, you know, that thing you do when you're like, what, like I'll just, I'll talk like that. <laughs> and then when I listen back to it, I go, fuck, I repeat a lot of words. Like all of my sentences, like I double up words and stuff. So I find myself often going back and like editing that. And... I also say this phrase where I go, I start a sentence with, you know, it's like this thing like, and then I'll finish it with something, and then I go back and realize (laughs) that all of those words are redundant. Part of the thing of editing the show, and the reason why the show takes so long for me to put together is because when I edit people's interviews, there's a lot of things that people say that's redundant. You're redundant. Yeah. Sorry. I am redundant. So I'm sure. But you know, like, uh, uh, and like, um, yes. like, all those things. Those are redundant, right? Like, they don't add anything to a sentence. Yeah. But there's also other things people say that I edit out that are often redundant. Like, some a lot of people will start by saying, hey, it's a funny story, and then go on to say a story that isn't funny. <laughs> so then I'll go in and edit out when they say it's a funny story. Because you just don't edit anything I say, though, right? You fucking <laughs> asshole. I mean, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's great. But that's the joy of when you're on the show. It's the freeform nature, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, I gotta stop moving around in my chair. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm getting, I, I feel like a squeaky chair. What, do you, what sort of chair do you have, Andy? Because I never hear your chair squeaky. Well, that's because I switch chairs. You switch chairs. Like, I, I have squeaky chairs in the house, but before I record, I will sit in the quietest chair I can find. Jeez, it's just common sense, isn't it? You'd think I'd fucking realize that by now, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> ah, that's so stupid, anyway. Just sit on your fridge. But before we forget... Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a bit about the genetic defects of the white tiger. I saw that. I was just reading up about that. I know. It's fascinating. See, because like outside of India, inbred white tigers have been prone. uh, They got like uh, their eyes are crossed, Mm. which is a a condition known as strabismus. (laughs) These words just flow off the tongue. Uh, An example of which is... Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion. <laughs> what the fuck? I was just reading the same thing. <laughs> oh, Clarence. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? So that's, that's clearly the problem with White Tiger. It's inbreeding. Much like Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion. <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> what a What an odd thing. Due to... Incorrectly rooted visual pathways in the brains of white tigers. Oh, that's very interesting. So, when stressed or confused, all white tigers cross their eyes. (laughs) That's crazy. It is. Have you ever seen... There's a picture online of... A lion with Down syndrome? Have you seen it? No, I didn't even know they could get it. I thought it was just a human. Go uh, into Google right now. Yeah, okay. Type in Down syndrome lion. Down syndrome... 
Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Wow, I never knew that was a thing. One of them is actually quite cute, the young one. <laughs> Those animals are awesome, man. Um, but look, uh, we got to listen to another track. And we are going to listen to a good one from Damocles. Uh, here's a song called Retronomic Time Adventure. Retronomic 
Time Adventure by Damocles. And I'm here with Marco. And we're talking about wildlife and uh, white tigers. And this is actually fascinating because we were talking about white tigers. And I told you just now to search for the fucking the tiger with Down syndrome. And it's a white tiger. Mm. Well, I said Down syndrome lion, though, didn't I? Yeah. I have a theory about Down syndrome. What's that? I believe that it Down syndrome is a thing that unifies the human race. You know, because when everyone wants to, you know, you got these assholes who, you know, want to argue about the differences in people and, you know, segregate and, you know, be dickheads and all this stuff. But Down syndrome, it's like you add an extra chromosome. It's it's something to do with like it's one. It's like an extra genetic disorder caused by the presence or part of a third copy of chromosome 21. Anyway, the point is that it's this little thing that happens in in the process of the fetus morphing into a person or whatever. And like this one little chromosome change. And if someone gets Down syndrome, they have these similar characteristics, no matter what race they are, what sex they are. That's so true. It's true, right? I mean, like because it's yeah. it's literally typified like by you know their eyes they have sort of mm. ovally shaped eyes and wider necks and wider tongues like it literally mm. it doesn't matter where they come from this will happen all because of one little change it, one little thing happens and then like if you have a child with down syndrome and you find out that they have down syndrome you kind of know what your kid's gonna look like regardless of who the parents are and it's fascinating to me like because of that little change and so to me i think that down syndrome is the thing that like unifies the human species because it's like regardless of your parents or your sex or where you come from or or anything Mm. you fucking swap this chromosome or you get this extra chromosome or whatever the hell it is and then boom like you kind of know now obviously there's different severities so like Mm. my aunt-in-law she's like fucking 60 now or 55 anyway she's got down syndrome but she's like pretty severe so she doesn't really say too much and she's always talking about the wizard of oz so it's fine. Like, it's, it's always funny. Like, she just comes in and she'll, like, talk yeah. about the Wizard of Oz. So, you know, when you have someone in your sort of family or whatever that has Down syndrome or, or has any sort of mental disability, you end up going, like, so I'll go to these functions, you know, like, with my wife's family and stuff. They'll get all the people from the community to, together because usually there's, like, some sort of hub of some kind, like a, a center where all the different people from the group homes come and, like, hang out during the daytime or whatever. And they, like, sing karaoke and stuff. And it's always awesome. So you see the different levels. So even, like, mm. with Down syndrome, syndrome it's like there's some that's more severe where you know it really impairs their speech and they generally have like the brain capacity of like a child and then there's others that can you know like when you see like the people with down syndrome who like act in movies and stuff they have down syndrome but they can fully live like a normal life like it's just they but they still have like the physical sort of manifestations of it so it's really interesting like I, i find it really fascinating so to me i'm just thinking like wow like that binds the human species so like with all these people who think that people are whatever differences they believe they have based on their fucking you know their race or sex or whatever it's like hey man you fucking swap this one thing and uh so that's why i find it so interesting and sadly uh, at the moment uh, people are so divided as well it seems to be people getting more and more divided yeah see that's the thing so maybe we need some sort of like down syndrome jesus or something to sort of to (laughs) Oh my god! Oh Jesus! Where did he come up with this shit? I probably should be laughing. I feel bad that I'm laughing so hard. Should I be feeling bad? No, you know what? Here's what I gotta say. 
because this pissed me off again that people I've dealt with this in my life too where people get really you know especially when you talk about people with uh, mental disabilities people become very uptight and sensitive Mm -hmm. and the thing is in my life I have them in my life so like I know what it's like to hang out with people with mental disabilities and they can be really fucking funny like on purpose and it bugs me that it's like this idea of just like, oh, you can't laugh. You can't laugh. I'm just like, dude, they do funny things. Mm. And they also do frustrating things. You know, my wife's gr- uh, grandma, before she died, she lived to be like really old. And she never sent her daughter to a group home. Like she, And it, it, in a way, it almost kept her young because she has Down syndrome pretty severe. So like her mental capacity is like a small kid, like maybe like a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it sort of kept her grandma young because she always had this sort of like kid in the house, essentially, that she really had to sort of look after. But fuck, like her aunt said funny shit and did funny <laughs> shit. And it, and it bugged me because like, you know, I talk about it and sometimes people would get like weird and I'm like, no, like it was funny. Like unobjectively funny. And if there's those people who like want to be so uptight and just like, who are you protecting here? Especially when someone's actually trying to have fun and a good time, you're going to sit there stone faced yeah. and not fucking laugh along with them. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like what kind of person are you to fucking hang out with? If someone's actually being funny and you're like giving them nothing yeah. because like, Oh, you can't laugh when a person's got a mental like handicap. Of course you fucking yeah. can. Like laughter is the best medicine. I mean, it doesn't get rid of Down syndrome, but I mean, like, it's like it, you can have a good fucking time. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. We live in the age of virtue signaling and, you know, a lot of people that speak on, but they seem to what, think they can speak on the behalf of somebody else. It's bizarre. You can't speak for anybody. Who the fuck are you? You know, like, I find that shit really weird. Like, you're speaking for a group of people. It's like, uh, and who, who, who nominated you to be the spokesman for that group of people exactly? Quite often, you know, you'll get, anyway, whatever. No, it's true. So don't get and, me started on this, Andy. No, but there's <laughs> something that's always frustrated me because I'm like, dude, you go to the fucking group home when they're all like doing karaoke and stuff, and it is fucking hilarious. But it's like a fun that time. Pretty funny, actually. And it is, yeah. and but it's yeah, like, it but they're having a good time. Like they're having fun. Like I mean, it's mm. we're all having a good time. You know, the other day, uh, her aunt was having her birthday, and I think she's like fucking. 50-something, 50, 50 like, pretty old. But then there's this other lady at the group home who's fucking 92 years old. She has, like, no teeth, and her, she's always sticking her tongue out, and she pretty much just says, Mama. Like, those are, like, the only words that come out of her mouth, so she just goes, like, Mama. And she was playing balloon, like, uh, with my son. My son was, like, passing a balloon to her, and they're, like, hitting the balloon around. And she was fucking just laughing her head off and having, like, the most fun time. And, like, just the energy in the room was, like, just so much fun. And uh, it was amazing to see just someone who's like 92 that had like this much energy and excitement to just fucking toss wow. a balloon around. That's awesome. Yeah, and like it was like it was a, a great moment, it like and it was legitimately, yeah. and it was legitimately funny too. Like it was, it was everything it needed to be. My point is, I'm not like some stuck up dude. Like yeah. there's funny shit everywhere in the world, and if you're gonna sit there and not laugh, then like you're an asshole. Like, if you actually willfully... Yeah, it's the much. same way I feel yeah. about, too. You know when you're watching, like, a stand-up set yes. and the comedian will say a joke and, like, the audience... It's almost like they're checking themselves. Like, they don't know whether they're allowed to laugh. So there's, like, a pause <laughs> and they're thinking yeah. if it's okay. And it's like, fuck you. If it's funny, laugh. Oh, Especially when you're at a comedy club. Like, dude, the dude is making a joke, clearly. That's the whole premise of this situation. There's a person making a joke, so fucking laugh at it. I don't know. People are too sensitive. I'm going to play a song here. This is a track by Four Fox off the album uh, Scuba Wave, and this is a track called Fox One. 
And that was Fox One by Four Fox. Off the album Scuba Wave. A lot of foxes going on there. Not quite a white tiger, but uh, <laughs> you know, we can we can talk more about that in a bit. I was trying to think what else I saw. So of the movies I saw, Train Spotting 2 was the one I liked the best. It's pretty funny. Uh- I thought in the middle, in the middle, it lost its way a little bit. But I thought at the start and at the end, it was it was a good it was a good movie for a sequel. And considering how good Train Spotting One really was, I mean, it's still I watched it again before I watched Number Two recently, and um, it's just such an amazing movie. You know. Anyway, the second one was really good. Yeah. The only thing <laughs> is, it's funny. It's just like when you have like when a movie you watched at the right time it's always going to have a weight to it that you can't duplicate and i think the thing that was interesting to me about train spotting 2 cuz it was genuinely really funny like i laughed a lot yeah. i liked you know the story of it and stuff it was interesting cuz it was like a smaller movie right like the original train spotting had sort of a bigger cast yes and this one really did just focus on the four of them and there wasn't really that many side characters and even when they were there they were like almost just cameos yeah that's right you know like uh, the one girl who's now like uh, the lawyer like she was really only in one scene mm-hmm. maybe two and scenes. yeah so when the movie was over i felt like yeah it was a good follow-up but it felt like a smaller film than the first one oddly it did it's, it's, it almost felt like they it might have been a lower budget too or something I, I don't know not that like it was a big budget movie the first one anyway but just something about it, the production or something, just didn't seem... Yeah. I don't know. Did you get that as well? Or? No, yeah, I got that. And also, I think it's, it's just difficult to duplicate because the first film I watched at a particular time... So iconic. I'm still scarred by that movie. Yeah, there's that one scene with a baby. Jesus yeah, Christ. It's so hard to, because it sucks because the rest of the movie is like so entertaining and that scene is so fucking dark that Ugh. I don't often rewatch Train Spotting because of that scene. Yeah. But I really like the movie, and uh, and I thought this one was good, and I liked how they handled it. There was a point where I'm like, well, how are they going to make Begbie not be mad at them anymore? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, they're not going to. Like, he's literally like the villain of the film, <laughs> which yeah. uh, surprised me, because when he got out, I was like, well, there's no way they're going to be able to convince him that wasn't a waste of his life or whatever. And so I was like, I, I was like, there's no way they're going to get to this. And they didn't. So it was good. Like they oh. didn't pull like some weird trick where, you know what I mean? Uh, mm. He genuinely was just mad at him the whole fucking time and it never changed. And I liked it though. Like it was good. Yeah, I thought it was good too. I think the two trademark movies for me, trademark, is that the right word? I don't know, two <laughs> most iconic, iconic movies that kind of reflected the 90s for me that were made in the 90s were probably, I would have to say, train spotting and, uh, and Pulp Fiction, probably. Those two were just, just there's something about them, you know? Mm-hmm. Train Spotting is a great movie. I, I have this thing, dude, where if there's a scene that strikes me the wrong way. Nah, Spiel, and that kind of ruined it for you in a way, then. Well, it didn't ruin it for me because I still appreciate the movie. It's it's And it's not to the same level of, say, the intensity of Requiem for a Dream, right? Yeah. Like, you know how. That movie just goes. Oh, that's very dark. Jesus. Yeah, and, and and I I remember when it was over, just going. Well, I'm not going to ever watch that again, but I'm glad I saw it. Oh, yeah. So, Train Spotting. I still have very fond memories of the fun and the funny stuff. Yeah. It's just that that one scene. It's also the reason why I don't ever watch Pan's Labyrinth because I liked a lot of Pan's Labyrinth, but there's that bottle fucking scene where the dude like smashes that dude's face <laughs> with a bottle, and I just. I, 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 I didn't like that sequence and, and 
it's made it so I won't watch the movie again because of that scene. I didn't I didn't like that scene very much. It bothered me. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I have a thing when it comes like like I'm not a big horror film guy. Okay, I'm not against scary films. I don't like... There's certain types of gore I don't like. Oddly enough, a lot of the cheap gore from, like, the 80s is the stuff that I have a problem with. And I think I've talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. And it's because of... I think with Garth Knight, actually. Because of the nature <laughs> of accomplishing the special effect, the actors have to behave strangely. So, for example, like, you know, if it's a live-action actor and he's getting his arm ripped off or something, then he can't run around or behave completely believably because he has to stand sort of still so that the special effect can work. Do you know what I mean? That's very true, yeah, yeah. So... I was always bothered more at the psychology of this idea that someone would just sort of stand there and let themselves be, like, hacked apart. Mm. That's the thing that always bothered me. So, like, for example, <laughs> when, when effects got better, like, remember Saving Private Ryan has a lot of very graphic um, death yeah. scenes. But they did them so well that it actually didn't offend me mm. because I was like, oh, it's done so well, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, in the 80s horror films, it's like, someone will just stand there and someone will just be, like, stabbing them and they're not, like, running away. Mm-hmm. Like, they just stand there going like, ah! And the reason why they're standing there is because they're hooked to, like, some fucking fake stomach with, like, uh, blood pumps and stuff, and so they can't move because then you'll see all the wires and shit, so they have to stand still so then it's just it I, it always bothered me I'm just like why is that person just standing there that's why that scene in uh, Pan's Labyrinth bugged me because he smashes this dude's face and the dude just kind of kneels there and just lets his face get smashed and I was just like what like fucking at that point you run away or to try and escape like I don't know I'm, you could argue that the first hit yeah. basically knocked the dude out so he was sort of out of it and couldn't get away or whatever like that's that could be true too also when you know it's kind of an effect like when they have like a fake rubber head or something yes, that's getting that's like that. hit yeah it's weird but it affects me more than when the special effect looks more realistic what it affects you in what way like it affects you in a negative way you mean yeah like, yeah I just I don't like it I don't like it, uh. it I just don't it it bothers but me. Sometimes when it's really bad, like it's a, obviously a rubber head or it's a really bad stunt, you know, or, um, <laughs> you know, like uh, even like that scene from Mac and Me, you know, when the kid goes over the, with the wheelchair. You well, that's so, what? That's, I mean, it, it makes it funny though. See, like, I mean, it gets to a point where it's so bad that it actually becomes comic, you know, like it's comedy. Yeah, there's a, there's a threshold. Yeah. And basically it's like when it's so cheap, it's funny. But it depends too because the creativity of it changes it well like for example you know the effects in the thing john carpenter's the thing like um they're also really good and they also involve people sometimes standing still to allow an effect to go on but the effect is so interesting and weird because it's got like weird alien tentacles and these things happen so there's (laughs) this science fiction element that doesn't bug me as much it's pretty much just because I also just don't like slasher films anyways and it's I'm mainly talking about those mm. I'm not talking about Alien because Alien's got gory deaths in it too I'm mainly just talking about kind of slasher movies like I've never been into that genre I love horror movies here's a group of people that are going to be murdered like it doesn't resonate with me oh there's nothing better <laughs> and I love it when nobody survives they all have to die when they all die it's a perfect <laughs> horror movie I know it's bleak and everything, but that's just, that's the trademark horror movie shit. You know, I talk to people who who find them fun, 
and I understand it. It just, for whatever reason, I don't have that same wiring. Like, I don't find watching Friday the 13th movies fun. They just sort of depress me. Like, when the movie's over, I'm not energized. I'm depressed. Really? Yeah. Oh, Andy. Yeah, horror movies You're depress horror me. horror movie buff. Nah, they're not for you. I mean, I, I even love the horror movie ending. It's a traditional horror movie ending where... The guy's clearly dead. They've killed him. But then right at the end, they're like having a nice scene where they're doing something nice and all of a sudden he'll jump out. You know, like random shit. And then it ends and the credits roll. You know, <laughs> and I, love, I even love that. I mean, it's, I just, I don't know. I, I'm just a real, yeah, I love the uh, the bad qualities of horror movies too. No, no, I get it. I totally get it. It just, for me, it just doesn't hit those buttons, you know? Mm. like Also too, there was this time where I had like this epic weekend where I decided to get caught up on all like the horror films and so I've got a buddy who's big into horror so I literally like I borrowed all the Friday the 13th all the Mm -hmm. all the Nightmare on Elm Streets all the Mike Myers movies and uh, I literally just watched them all and I remember when that weekend was over I just felt like shit I was just like what did I just do I just watched a (laughs) fucking weekend of movies of like young people being murdered in horrible ways (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street though I do that's my favorite because at least it has like that science fiction aspect to it do you want to play me a song sure sure. (laughs) I I actually was enjoying that conversation Um, alright uh this is very abrupt, Andy. Uh, yes, I think most people are aware that FM Attack has brought out an awesome new album called Stella. It's been a long time coming. I think it's been about four years between drinks, and it certainly hasn't disappointed. I want to play a track of it, Andy. I think probably everyone's favorite, uh, Images of You. The album is available on um, Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. And there's a vinyl coming out in November, which is going to look great. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, let's fucking listen to that. This is FM Attack with the track Images of You.
And that was Images of You by FM Attack. Good stuff. Mm, I'm always looking at images of Jazzy. That's That song reminds me of anyway, <laughs> Yeah, I'm me too. Uh, no, you better not. What? She said they were only for me, those images. What? Oh, Jazzy. <laughs> anyway. No, I just wanted to go back to what you're talking about. I forgot. I hate that. Like, we have these really good conversations. And then I'll, I'll be like, as you're saying it, I'll be like thinking like, oh, yeah, I want to mention this. And then I never get like, it just doesn't come around to it. But uh, I wanted to say, we're talking about Ridley Scott. I, Blade yeah. Runner is like my favorite movie of all time. I fucking love it, right? But with all the sequels that have been going on lately, and there are so many bad ones or prequel, whatever the fuck, remakes, I'm very uh, skeptical about the new Blade Runner. I know that people are getting excited about it. No, I'm um, done. I don't want this to sound too cynical. Yeah. But I'm done being excited for anything. Anything at all? Yeah. Life. I'm just done. <laughs> no, Jesus I, Christ, Andy. No, when it comes to movies, dude, I like being pleasantly surprised. I don't go into movies wanting to dislike them. So in certain ways, it really affects me, like, when a movie is so bad, it, it makes me hate it. Yeah. I know people, you know, they'll watch a movie and they'll be like, that's the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, well, no, it isn't. I mean, like, there is... <laughs> c- come on. Like, there's movies where, like, the fucking... <laughs> The sound isn't in sync and stuff. I mean, like, there's much yeah. worse things to watch than, like, a polished, bad Hollywood movie. So, like, when I say Prometheus and I don't like it, you know, it's still a well-put-together film. I just don't like the story. And I thought, like, there was a lot of characters who did stupid things, and it annoyed me. But, you know, even still, I don't say I hate the movie. I just... It was very disappointing, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And it really annoys me when they put a movie into a franchise that is disappointing because then it's like well mm. where does this fit now like I uh, I really enjoy the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies the first two yeah they were good yeah it bugs me that the third one isn't good no, because you've got a trilogy where the fucking capper sucks and you've got elements in the second movie that you know lead into the third movie like there's some cliffhanger plot points so mm. that is the thing that always disappoints me the most. It's the same with the the Dark Knight trilogy, yes. right? I mean, we're exactly the same. I agree with you. We talked about. I agree with you 100. percent The third one's shit. It's not like Spider Man Three caliber, like unwatchable. No, it just has no, a lot not. of problems. <laughs> so the thing that bugs me about Prometheus, the thing that bugs me about the Star Wars prequels, things that bugs me about the Hobbit is your saying now here is a part of the chapter here's part of the story that you should know here are crucial things you know in this saga and it sucks and it's like well what am i supposed to do with this now like the star wars prequels exist we can't get rid of them that's they're there so that's the disappointing thing it's like forever now Darth Vader is Hayden Christensen <laughs> and you can pretend like you don't like that and you can pretend it didn't happen but it did So that's the problem. Whereas if you just make a bad movie that people are looking forward to because, you know, they like the director or they like the writer or the actors and it sucks, it's like you can just throw it away. But when you have like the Star Wars prequels, it's like no matter how much you don't like them, they're there. I know they're there and and I really don't like any of them very much. But they're played with really bad casting. It's like, what did they think? All right, so obviously the character you're talking about, Hayden Christensen, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck were they thinking? Seriously, it's fucking Darth Vader. I mean, you, you just can't just cast some fucking... Anyway, it's really frustrating. Bring it back to Blade Runner. <laughs> Look, I think the trailer looked cool, fine. 
but I am not going to get excited about it. Me either. Because Blade Runner is a very special film, and I'm not going to let myself get excited. I'm going to wait. Mm. I'm sure the movie will be fine, because that director's cool, and I like everyone who's involved, yeah. but... I just I I refuse because like it's not like great directors always make great movies. I mean they just think about Ridley Scott for a second. Like his Blade yeah. Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time and Alien is a fucking wicked movie. Yes. And then he just makes movies now that I have no interest in. He always deserves some sort of praise of course, for doing anything good. Like th- that's the same I think mm-hmm. that of anyone. If you ever produce a good piece of art, no matter what happens afterwards, you still deserve Yeah. you, you did a thing. Like there's a lot of yeah. directors who try and they never make a fucking good movie. So the fact that, you know, like M Night Shyamalan like you know makes garbage movies now he still made the fucking uh, Sixth Sense and um, Mm. Unbreakable which are cool movies so you know regardless if he can't rekindle that magic he still made some cool films so I won't make those sort of cheap shot jokes because I still acknowledge that hey this person really did good stuff because you know, we always hold certain dif- we we hold different people to these different standards that I've never quite understood. Like you'll shit on a director because they're making like a bad movie, even though they once upon a time made a great film. But then people don't hold like Robert De Niro and and uh, Al Pacino accountable for the fact that they haven't made a good movie in like forty years. Yeah. But because they were in amazing movies, it's like they get a free pass. But then some directors don't get a free pass. Some actors don't get a free pass. Where like it doesn't matter that they made good movies. Like uh-huh. it's like. I don't know, like, it just seems like it's very subjective and people sort of change the rules depending on, you know, on their fucking personal whims. And I try and have, like, steadfast (laughs) rules where I say, no, like, if I'm... If I'm not going to criticize this person for this thing, I'm not going to criticize another person for the exact same thing and then not criticize a person... Whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Well, what was De Niro's last good movie that he made, you think? Was it Heat, or did he do anything after that, do you think? Good question. Have we had this conversation? I know, we haven't. We've talked about heat, we've talked about many things, but you and me personally have not had this conversation. I'd like to listen to a song here. I'm going to play one. (laughs) I love the way you do that. (laughs) Yeah, my my segues are terrible. Uh, Okay, we're going to listen to a track by uh, a dude called Fitness, and this is an interesting one. This is a track called Touch.
And that was a track called Touch by Fitness. And uh, that's an interesting sound. I always like finding these uh, these sounds that I'm not always hearing. You know, because the synthwave, oftentimes you can get like this sameness to some artists. And so whenever I find people doing something slightly different, even if it's not necessarily like mm. synthwave, you know, in quotes, it's that sort of stuff that makes a song sort of stand out and be uh, yes, yes, special indeed. to me. Just like Galaxy Frog, for example. I know you played another song of his and he's just, it's like you can't compare it to anything. It's like he's doing his own thing. Honestly, yeah. man, that, uh, that fucking Galaxy Frog song. I've listened to it like a hundred times. The one that I played no like shit. a few weeks ago. It's like, really I, good. And it's really like it's not complex track or anything. It just nice. again sometimes there's those songs that they just they hit the right notes and yeah, uh, they push your buttons in the right place. Exactly. <laughs> then you get a fucking big old boner. Did you go to IDMDB and look at uh, Robert De Niro? I usually go to Wikipedia when I look at that, but uh, I've got it up. Yes. So what's he done since Heat? Cinch. Well, shit, it all went downhill. Look, I mean, in 1991, he did Cape Fear, which, you know, was, yep. was uh, critically acclaimed. You know, he did even a Bronx Tale, was pretty good. I mean, he did Casino and Heat. Okay, yeah, Casino in and 1995. Heat. 1995. Yep. And then he, then he did, then, then it started going down. He did The Fan, which was pretty fucking terrible, if you ask me. Sleepers, now nah, I need to see that again. But uh, actually, you know what? Copland was a good movie. Copland yeah, Copland's okay. Very major role. I like Copland a lot. Uh, Jackie Brown was pretty bad. Uh, and it just went downhill from that. Analyze this. That's where it started going bad, real bad. Ronan was all right. What about Ronan? So what year is Ronan? 98. Yeah, Ronan's okay. I actually don't mind Jackie Brown. Fucking Ronan. Okay, so what's after Ronan? So we got 1998. Analyze this, which is really bad. I mean, is this shit like Showtime? Oh, God. Analyze that. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, I don't know if you like Meet the Fockers and all that. I mean, they, they did really well and all that, but... They're just a bit over the top. So, well, this goes back to the psychology thing again. Yeah. So, like I was saying before, how there's sort of horror movies that just don't hit the buttons with me and they sort of frustrate me a bit, like, psychologically. Mm -hmm. Meet the Fockers is a type of comedy that also hits the wrong nerve with me. Me too. I just get frustrated. I go, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Why would you just, why would you react like that? Like, this is just really annoying. It's not funny. It's just annoying. Yeah, it's not funny. Like, when I watch a movie where, like, a good character character is fucking like dragged through the dirt by a series of like stupid coincidences or whatever to the point where like I'm not laughing I'm like dude like Mm. you people are fucking completely fucking this guy and he's not a bad guy like I feel so much sympathy for Ben Stiller's character in those movies yeah because I'm like he's not trying to be a dick like these people are fucking with him and it's not his fault and so the whole time when the movie's going on I'm not laughing I'm like none of this shit is his fault like it's all people who are being dicks and then there's always that dumb scene where there's like a misunderstanding yes when the wife finds out that he swapped the cat or something and then it's like how could you do that I'm just like because he didn't want to hurt your fucking feelings you stupid bitch like what the fuck He's a good uh, guy. Like, he was trying so uh, hard to be a good guy, and, like, your family's just fucking with him and trying to turn you against him, and then you fucking fall for it, and you're not noticing that your dad is behaving really fucking weird. You're not noticing that your fucking brother yeah, is acting really God, fucking weird. That shit pisses me off. That kind of pissed me off about that movie Get Out as well, because I was like, why isn't he getting out? The guy's <laughs> running at him and telling him to get out. And he still can't get the message. It's like fucking so. So it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. fuck me. Like it's 
That's it's, the best. It's, it's so obvious. It's like, how much more obvious can you be of what's going on? That's the best review I've ever heard of that film. Just like, I mean, I was watching Get Out and I'm like, why aren't you getting out? <laughs> <laughs> Even the movie's called Get Out. <laughs> anyway, I that, yeah. Yeah, like Sorry. I enjoyed Get Out. I think it's like a, just a Twilight Zone. Like I think it was a, yeah. I wouldn't say it was overrated. Like I think it was good and it definitely like stuck with me. Yeah. But the way the people were talking about it, because everyone talked mm-hmm. also about this twist and I'm like, as it was going on, I was thinking that they were hypnotizing black people to be like yeah. uh, old-fashioned black people or something. Like that's what yeah, I thought what the I thought. plot was. And then they they did a little switcheroo at the end, which was which was fine. Well, we can't really spoil it, right? We can't spoil it, but uh, we shouldn't, should we? Yeah, like, it, but it was it was good, and like it made sense. And and I will say, like, the ending was surprising because there's that moment at the end where you go, oh fuck, like. If this were, you know, like a horror movie like made in the 70s, yeah. that ending would have been different and it would have been what you thought was yes. going to happen, like when that car shows up. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's what they kind of get you. Is that the twist you're talking about or are you talking about the twist with the actual... I'm talking about the twist of like what is actually going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you were talking about at first and then when you mentioned that, I thought... But that was a kind of cool surprise. Yeah, I mean, that, I was, that was a twist to it. It was good, at least, like that yeah. it, it, it went the way that it did because that was really surprising and so... Yeah, it was almost funny, kind of. My problem was I wasn't the fucking three minute trailer which I'm never going to do again like I'm really never going to do because I pretty much knew the whole movie up until the very end they literally show you everything it's like why am I oh it's like I'm waiting for this twist because I'm going I know all this I know all this already yes yes I've seen that in the trailer Mm -hmm. great oh yeah the cop talks to him and his mum the mum's fucking uh, hypnotising him I saw that in the trailer too it's like oh wow no surprises here until the very end obviously yeah in the meantime, who played it the last track? Was it me or you? I think it might have been you. Was it FM Attack or was it you played one after that, I think? I played that track by Fitness. I think that was after me. Okay, well, you, you play a song then. Okay, well, if not, I get two. Yay! Uh, all right, so I want to play a track from... Let me just bring it up first, Andy. Uh, so I know what I'm fucking talking about. Okay, I want to play a track from Stills' new album. Stills! Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not going to say it again. See, this is another thing I repeat all the time. Have you played Stills before? No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> he's got an awesome new... <laughs> he's got an awesome new... Would you call it... Oh, well, it's an album. It's eight tracks. So it's called Holding On To Yesterday. Uh, very good stuff. It just came out last week. It's available at stills.bandcamp.com. The track I would like to play off that is Holding On To Yesterday featuring The Encounter. All right. Well, this is Holding On To Yesterday by Stills featuring The Encounter.
that was Stills with the track Holding On to Yesterday, featuring The Encounter. <laughs> and I'm here with Marco. We're just talking about movies. So I'm trying to think what else I watched. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but don't you have to do some Patreon stuff this week or are you going to do that? Oh, oh good point. <laughs> I was like, are we missing something here? <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm just going to log into my uh, Patreon. This is, see, this is why this is why he's got me here, guys. All right, thank you for reminding me. So let's go to the fucking Patreon. Alright guys, I want to thank uh, my lovely Patreon Pattersons, and these are all the people who support Beyond Synth. Patreon is a monthly donation thing, so if you want to donate uh, money to the show, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. You can donate as little as a dollar a month, up to the preferred donation of $3,000. i am looking for an angel investor. So that's the kind of person who's like, you know, like those rich art snob people that like, you know, they're just rich and they want to invest in some sort of artistic endeavor, so they just give you a lot of money to do your thing. So, if you are an angel investor and you want to give me thousands of dollars, please do. It would really help the show. <laughs> All right, so I'd like to thank my lovely $5 Pattersons this week. There's Kai, Joe and Lando, Roman. We got fucking Bobby B. And then we got John Eternal, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister. We got Vailingo. And Nougat Ninja. <laughs> and the Ross Conian. Nougat Ninja? Yeah, Ross. <laughs> Because it's, awesome. it's spelled N-W-G-A-T, so I just say nougat. Oh, you see, yeah. It's like the stuff inside a chocolate bar. Then we got uh, the Rosconian, we got Night Raptor, Stu M, Ross Pentland, Dana Jean Phoenix, Tristan Waits, Rawl Pud, Grant Bouvier, Barons of Santa Carla, Seattle Synth, Starlight Fisher, Timothy Pierce, Corey Valentine, Orlando Rodriguez, Anif, Marco Cranendonk, Martin Larby, Face Hugger, Brad Neiman, still want to know how to pronounce your name. Then there's Zychorax, Lee McConnell, Ethan Hennings. Now we're going to do the donation of the beast. All right, this is, these are all the people that donate 666, so let's hear that fucking jingle. This is the donation of the beast. All right. There's Josh Conklin, who is also Rings. There is Hellroy, Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, Unholy Rat King, Straylight, Lonnie Taylor, and a new donor of the Beast. This week we got Till Wild joining the ranks of the people who donate six sixty six, and then there's Max Hutchings keeping evil 
at bay. <laughs> and then there's my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Fraser Davidson, Ezra Van Dam, Winfield, Will Lowe, Polly Digital, Joshua Everson, fucking slunks. Can I get you to yell fucking slunks? Fucking slunks. <laughs> Is that good or not? <laughs> Do another one. Fucking slunks. <laughs> Perfect. There's Greg Smith. There's Ashley Keegan. Tim Walmsley. Mike Shima. Shaboogan. Playmaker Media. Murat Ogute. Elias Garnier. And then there's Chris Salaya Lane with the 1111. There's Jacob Wick with the 2288. And then there's my lovely. Um, oh, fuck me. We have a sponsor this week. Yes. What are you doing? Okay, we'll we'll do that after this song. Uh, there's Chris Dance, uh, lovely twenty five, uh, Mister Twenty Five, and there's Gregorio Franco. Go check out his music, and of course Retro Revolution, uh, who donates lots of money. And go check out his YouTube channel. It's uh, Retro Revolution on YouTube and Retro Faith Games on Twitter. And today we have a musical sponsor. So hold on here. And I will get my fucking thing I'm supposed to read. God, I am so disorganized. I am the last year the fucking idiot. All right, here we go. All right, so today's episode is brought to you by Oceanside 85. Feel the cool island breeze with Oceanside 85's full-length album, Eternal Summer, available on Bandcamp. And if you think that that full-length album about summer was enough for Oceanside 85, well, you'd be wrong. Grab her new single, Summertime, on Oceanside85.bandcamp.com. Get retro with Oceanside 85. And remember, if you don't like Total Recall, she doesn't like you. <laughs> Does she mean the film? I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty random. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, the point is, go check out Oceanside 85. Uh, follow at It's Oceanside 85 on Twitter. If you want the latest up-to-the-minute haps of Oceanside 85, and check out Oceanside85.com. If you just can't get enough Oceanside. <laughs> and that's right. And we're going to listen to uh, that track right now. And if you dig it, you go fucking pick it up. Because uh, she's sponsored the show, and that's uh, awesome of her to do. The track is called Summertime by Oceanside85.
That was Oceanside 85 with the track Summertime. And go check out Oceanside 85 on Bandcamp. Oceanside85.bandcamp. That's Oceanside and then the number 85.bandcamp.com. Get with it or get the fuck out. And I'm here with Marco. Hey. And uh, we're just we're having a good time talking about white tigers and uh, mm. all that other shit. <laughs> and then what else? I'm trying to think. Uh, what other movie I saw? I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What did you think of the second one, Andy? What did you think? Of, you've seen, obviously seen both. What, what do you think? I think the first one is better. Yeah, me too. I thought the second one, they pushed a little too hard into silly. I Right. That's exactly what I thought. Yes. And so I didn't get the sense that the characters were in any danger. This was the sort of movie where explosions would happen right in front of people, and if they were main characters, they would just sort of get blown back, and they'd like hit a wall and then just get back up. Yes. And they'd fall from really great heights and like be fine. So it got a little too goofy so that I didn't think that they were in any sort of physical mm. danger, really. So it kind of took away from it like that. That's what I thought as well. Yeah, like, I, like I don't think it... I still think it was enjoyable. Like, it was still, like, sort of a fun movie to watch. Uh, like, I watched it with my son, and, like, he was sad at the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was also, again, another movie that's sort of smaller than the first one. You know, in the first one, as they're meeting each other and becoming a team, they're traveling to all these different planets. Yeah. And this movie, pretty much Star-Lord was just kind of yeah. on that one planet for the whole movie. Once they got to Ego, planet they never left until like the end of the film Mm -hmm. so in a way it felt a little it was a little smaller because I love superhero movies but you still have to maintain a sense that they're in some sort of trouble and sometimes they go a little too silly to the point where you know it's like when Tony Stark is falling off a building and he's not screaming He's, he's just, just like he's still making yeah, he's jokes. Just like, it's like Jarvis, uh, enough, uh, uh, right about now, Jarvis. You know, and you're like, okay, <laughs> you're falling off a building. Like, come on, yeah. you have no superpower. Those sorts of scenes kind of bug me a bit because eventually those mm. characters will die. Like, they'll probably kill them off at some point, and it's going to be so anticlimactic. Like. If Captain America or Iron Man die, just to know that they've, like, flown through portals and been blown up and thrown off buildings and robots have, like, punched them Mm -hmm. across rooms, and then you know they're just going to die by, like, getting shot. Yeah. Because something's going to have to kill them. So eventually, the fact that anything will kill them will be an anticlimax to what we've seen them endure. So now that, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, apparently can just fall off any height no, and can have explosions happen in front of them. I mean, I like a bit of comedy, but, you know, they're like, like for example, they're flying away from, like, there's like 5,000 or more of those little crafts after shooting at him. And it's like, man, it's like, they're almost going to die. I don't even know how they're going to get out of it. And him and the, and his, I can't even remember his name, his little fox pilot guy, they're, they're joking and trying to... Grab the controls off each other. Who's in control? And like, they're being all competitive and shit. I'm like, you're just about to fucking die. Like, it just, it just, it just takes away from the moment completely. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I like comedy. You know, I like silly shit, but 
come on, you know, like really. Well, I think I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy was a better balance. I believe so too. It was a very CGI heavy film. You know, you really want to have some real, you know, just like real emotions in in these stressful scenes oh, yeah. because the whole the rest of the movie is a cartoon. So like, mm-hmm. if the whole movie looks like a cartoon and then the characters behave like cartoon characters, then the whole thing is now just a complete cartoon. Mm-hmm. So I have a problem with those scenes too. And they do them a lot in these these movies where you're like, you know, this would be so much better if the characters were actually concerned for their lives. Yeah. You would really be working together, even with someone you hated, if you knew that there was a bigger threat. They might actually create a little bit of suspense, a little bit, a little bit of tension, a little bit of anxiety when you're watching it instead of just, yes. you know. I mean, you need a bit of that at points. And talk about CGI. You know, one thing I was very impressed with, though, is they made uh, Kurt Russell look young with, with CGI on his face. And it's the first time I've seen it where it's actually really worked really well. Like, I watch it and go, wow, they've finally got it down. Because I remember in Tron, they, um, they did it with Jeff Bridges, and it didn't work. Like, I mean, it was close... But I was like, you can see that they've CGI'd his face to make him look young. Whoever, like the company that does it for Marvel, they do it properly. Because I will say, young Michael Douglas in Ant-Man, I thought looked good. Yeah. That was the first one I saw. True. Where I was like, and I love that every Marvel movie now is using that trick, like for one scene and like every movie, because I think they're doing a great job. Like I liked, I liked that. I liked young Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Captain America: Civil War. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, Civil War is great. Everybody, rec- I got to see it. Everybody reckons that's one of the better ones. So. No, it is. It's it's fun. Like it's a fun movie. And uh, there's a young Robert Downey Jr. scene in that, and it, it also looks great. And then uh, young Kurt Russell looks great. And so what I'm hoping for, I'm really hoping that in one of the upcoming Star Wars films that they do a flashback and use that technology to do like a 30 years ago Luke. I'm really hoping that yeah. in the next Star Wars film, they do a flashback to when Luke was like training his Jedi Academy. That's that so cool. They can do it now. You should be in charge of a lot of these movies, Andy. Just remember the stuff you're saying. I'm not, I know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not kidding. You, you seem to, why no, do they have it. such trouble? These studios have such trouble with a lot of this. No, that, you do, they're going to do it for sure. Because Marvel, you know, and Star Wars, they're all under like the sort of Disney label now. And I feel like yeah. that technology is like, a, it's a gimmick they're throwing into all the Marvel movies now. Where like mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like too, it's always the pre-credit sequence where there's like they just do a young version of like a character you see later and stuff, and it looks good. So I think for sure we're gonna see a a Star Wars flashback to like when Luke was younger training, and they're gonna do that technique, and it's gonna be awesome because I think it looks good. Like I think they they can do it okay, but I think is it really involves filming the real actor do it yes. like it's not like a complete fabrication when they do like say cgi arnold and terminator where it's like a complete cgi creation like i think they do take elements of the real footage and manipulate it a bit and then i mean there's still a lot of cgi going on mm. but i think they do take what they can use I don't know well, that for sure, so I don't want to be on record saying that. The technology is getting a lot better. Did you see Terminator 2? They're going to produce the, the, the bit where, in Terminator 2, where he's got John Connor on the front, you know, Edward Furlong or whatever, on the front of his yeah. bike, and he, and he jumps off the, the, it's the LA River or whatever, he jumps off that bit and land. Anyway, you can clearly see it's a stuntman, and apparently the new version of Terminator 2, they're imposing uh, Arnie's, you know, face on it, and people are complaining. What? I don't know, some people are complaining. What? I didn't even hear about that. 
Really? I'll send you the link. So for the 3D version, like the re-release of the film, they've they've yes. made the stuntman look more like Arnold? Yes, that's correct. I, yes. If it looks good, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a because problem with it either. They did that with Blade Runner, the final cut. Because that scene was shocking where the, where, uh, the snake yes. lady is driving through the... It was really bad. I mean, you look at it going, Jesus, because a kid, I even I was looking at it going, fucking hell. But they at least got somebody that even remotely looked like her. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they've... Uh, yeah, that's no, true, man. You should look it up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to play a song first, though. I don't even know how to say this dude's name. Dzod? Dzod? Dzod. Anyways, uh, I'm going to say Dzod. It's D-Z-O-D. Uh, it's a track featuring J.J. Mist. It's called Power Strangers.
And that was Power Strangers by D. Zod featuring J.J. Mist. And uh, that's a cool one. If you want to listen to me chat with J.J. Mist, she was on the show a few months ago. And I'm here right now with Marco Merrick. I know, we should probably wrap this up. I'll let you have the last song, but, like, what else do we gotta... We we should wrap up this White Tiger thing. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So let's see here if there's anything. Other genetic problems include shortened tendons of the forelegs, club foot, kidney problems. God, it must suck to be a fucking white tiger. Jesus. you just, like, reading all the problems they have. <laughs> like, it's, it's a crazy, like, genetic oh, thing. It must be awful being a white Reduced tiger. Reduced fertility. Jeez. The only thing I've come to learn about all this is fucking Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion might be, like, my favorite. <laughs> it sounds like a children's book. Yeah. Look, the bottom line is this. We've all had a good time today, and we all love... <laughs> I love that shit. You knew you had me with that one again. <laughs> we, lo- you know, we, we all love nature. We yeah. love the animal kingdom and stuff like that, and white mm. tigers are definitely some majestic creatures. I see here about white Siberian tigers. The existence of white Siberian tigers has not been scientifically documented, despite occasional substantiated reports of sightings of white tigers in the regions where wild Siberian tigers live. So that's more like ghost tiger. People say they see it, but uh, there's no actual, like, uh, corpse to do experiments on or whatever. So he's like a ghost. Pretty cool. <laughs> so what's on tap then for the rest of the week? I'm really excited about this. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I hope we've got a moment to talk about it because I'm very excited about this. And yes, you know, I go down to Escape Portal and I play VR quite regularly. I'm actually they beta tester there because I'm there all the time. So I do have my privileges. I'm very lucky. But basically, he got the new virtual reality game called, uh, well, it's been out for a while, but uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I'm a Trekkie, and even if you're not, if you watch a video on people playing it, it's fucking hilarious. So basically, it's like a four-player uh, game where it's all virtual reality, and everybody takes a post. You've got the engineer, you've got the tactical guy who does all the weapons and the shields, and then there's the person, uh, well, the pilot as well, and then you've got the captain who coordinates everything, and you've got all these simulated missions and shit. It looks, it's really funny. So, so basically, uh, the guy that owns the place, Brad, is going to... He shuts at 12 p.m. at night. So when he shuts, he told me to come in and we're just going to play together. So the place will close. I will play together for a while and, and check it out. I'm very excited about it, Andy. You are playing with a bunch of other people in the same room as you, like being the crew? Well, there'll be two of us in the same room, uh, me and him, and then we'll play online with probably another two people. So... Uh, if anybody else plays, let us know. Let us know. We can join a private team, by the way. So it's an online VR game? Yes. That's correct. Yes. For what? For PC? Well, I think it's PlayStation as well. We've been playing it on PC, but I think uh, it's PlayStation as well. Uh, I think you play on the Oculus. We play on the Vive. The Vive's a better headset. Um, so, um... You're playing as in the captain's chair. Like, do you get out and shoot lasers? Or yeah, I'm going to send you the video of it. It's fucking hilarious. Like, even, I swear to God, even if you're not into Star Trek, it's really funny. Like, just people trying to work out what's going on and what they're doing, and sort of you sort of get into character a little bit, you know? Like, you know, like the guys like great piloting, great piloting, Cobra. That's why I bought you a board <laughs> ship. You know, like, people just like just really funny shit because everyone's got like one guy's called Cobra and one guy was called. Anyway, I will send you a video, Andy, and just have a look for five minutes, man. It's fucking hilarious, say. Eh? So I watched the video and it kind of got me a little bit excited. And I am a Trekkie anyway, so... Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, so that's my plan for the week. That's pretty much it, really. Uh, and then I'm just going to keep continue exercising, trying to get my fitness up. That's good. I should, uh, I should also do that. 
I really should, but I just can't fucking bring myself to do it. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try for I mean, you. You're old, Andy. You really should. I mean, you know, you, people start dying and it starts making you think about your own mortality, you know. Um, Morbid fuck. I would like to be around for a while. I've got many reasons to... Be- what? <laughs> I called you a morbid fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm a morbid... No, but you've got to take positives out of negatives and you sort of go, well, I, I want to live a long life. I've got a lot of things going for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be here for a while, Andy, so, you know. No, I understand. Well, listen. It was good to chat with you. We had a fun time. Did, did we uh, cover everything that needed to be covered? Yeah, did we cover your other sponsor? What about your other sponsor? The, what's his name? Um, Jared? Jared. Well, we, we mentioned Jared. I think he's uh, almost finished doing the, the PlayStation, the, the PSP series. Yeah, no, he's a super talented dude. He's uh, yeah, he he's is. like one of the, the big Beyonce sponsors right now. And uh, yeah, but it, look... We gotta go because this is gonna be like a a long show. Can I finish off with this last song, please? Yes, you end the show with a song, and when you show up next time, when we do uh, just a regular yeah. keeping it eighties, I want to hear a report of uh, how the the Star Trek game went. I will, I will. I wish we could record it somehow, but yeah, I will. All right, all right. So the track that I've got is Rainsaw's got a new one. I've always been a massive fan of Rainsword and the new one he's uploaded to SoundCloud is called DX Heaven and it certainly is that sweet well thanks for chatting and uh, I hope you have a good week you too Andy and I hope everyone out there listening in uh, in Synthland has a lovely weekend and we're gonna end the show today with a little Rainsword Marco's final pick of the week and I hope you guys have a lovely weekend and tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And now, here is Rainsword with the track DX Heaven. <laughs>